2: Welcome to the program. It's Thursday, and that means you're listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and every weekday at four o'clock, we... Come to this place and answer your Bible questions and take your phone calls. But Thursdays is extra special because Paula is live in the studio with me. Ladies, it is a day that we set aside especially for you. So if you have any questions or I'm looking for any encouragement, I'm sure that Paula can help you. Um here's how you can do it. 340 9585 is the number to call. That's 340 9585. You can also call toll-free if you're outside the local area by calling eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Numerically that's six three zero five seven five seven. You can email us by emailing questions at CalvarySA You can also send them in via our free Calvary Chapel um, app available to you uh, online um, if you are driving in your car the safest way to call is to use the free kslr mobile app by using the hands free feature you just hit the call now button and you can be connected directly to our studio producer one more time three four zero ninety five eighty five. paula you look gorgeous welcome to the show
3: I look gorgeous. Yes. Is that what you said? I did. Okay, say that one more time. You look gorgeous. Thank you so much. Stunning. Oh, I'll take it. Just keep it up. You know, you had a question yesterday. um, says, uh, uh, what's the best thing a husband can do for his wife? That's pretty good right there, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's been a wonderful day. I love that it's sunshiny and warmer. Um, I'm just a better Christian when it's warmer. <laughs> And the sun is shining. I couldn't live in I feel you. some of these dark places where it's cold and snows on a regular basis. It just wouldn't work for me. So praise the Lord, I married the perfect guy. <laughs> <laughs> As I woke up this morning, Pastor Ron, since it's my show and you're asking me kind of what it was, uh, be still and know that I am God. And, you know, for me, be still. What? What is that all about? But to be still and know that he's God. Um just to acknowledge him first thing and all throughout the day that no matter what's coming or is, he's still on the throne. And so um, that is from Psalm 46. And, uh, you know, here, even in the studio, there's so much activity uh, that's going on. And, um, you know, I'm getting ready to go out of town again. And I'm doing several studies and I have to make sure I have all the stuff at the house for you. And do I have the vitamins? I have, you know, um, food and stuff ready and all those kind of things. And I look at my calendar and there's something on there for every day. You know, like this Saturday when you said to this morning, we have pastor's class this morning. I heard myself say, I know, you know, like, of course we do. Kind of with an attitude. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, that's not being still and knowing. But I want to, I, I, this be still and know that I'm God. I want to kind of take a deep breath and come back and just do one day at a time, which is kind of what I've been trying to do, and just do things in an orderly fashion. Now outside things come, um, but at that I want to be able to say, you know what, God knew all about that, and I can just take a deep breath. And the study last night, you know, when you get a little bit frustrated or whatever, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and we can go (sighs) No, I don't, I'm not going to respond in my frustration in the next minute that I already, <laughs> already, I already did in that first minute, but in the next minute, I, I'm not going to, and so… Yeah,
2: I, I think, you know, I, I, I get women a lot of times quoting that, he's still the no England on God's verse. Um, psalm 46 is a, uh, a psalm in, in a time of trouble, a time of fear. And I I think what what the psalmist is telling us is that it's in those times that we need to, uh, uh, we're having volume problems, evidently. Uh, I I think it's, I'll talk a little bit louder until we get some help here. Um, We're having some volume problems. Uh, It's in those times when, uh, for my mind, uh, uh, it's in those times when, uh, we have a tendency to, to act without seeking the counsel of god or to overreact based on the things that we're afraid of and whatever that is um uh, god says that's the way that we're going to find ourselves in in a difficult situation so it's not just be still and sit before the lord that's an important part of it but the context in psalm 46 deals um, on, a, on a much larger broader scale with the things that that Come against us, or the things that surprise us or the things that we 're afraid of, so I think that's really what we need to to focus on in terms of, of psalm forty six
3: mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't indicating that being still and doing nothing oh I,
2: I know, but okay. I just we, we just sometimes we, we misunderstand that you know what we don 't want to do is react or act i uh, I overreact mm-hmm. uh, to things that are going on, whether it's busyness that you've talked about mm-hmm. or, or just things, you know. Uh, we're so often pressured, Paula, into doing things um, that, that make sense to us, uh, making decisions uh, given deadlines, and that's just not the way God works. Mm-hmm. If we're just walking with, with the Lord, we, we can't make the wrong choice. And and that way he's actually the one who's leading us and guiding us. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to throw you off context, but that's a really important understanding because there's so much misunderstanding about that. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, when we we just take that uh, for for the way people intend it, it's one of those things that we 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 say, okay, well I'm going to be still, and know that you're God, but why am I still anxious? Mm. And uh, it, it's just. Walk with Jesus, and and don't let anything cause you to, to, to act or overreact mm-hmm. um, uh, without direction from the Lord. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of the that First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Just be steadfast, immovable. You know, we know God is with us because he promises, uh, that we that he is. And so, okay, so I'm doing all this running around and all that kind of stuff, and then I can take a deep breath because I, I remember telling one time I was saying, you know, if I have one more thing to do, add it to my list. And so the Lord's like, why don't you just go ahead and do those things that you think are just, you know, overwhelming. And everything on my list took 45 minutes <laughs> in a 24-hour day. Yeah. And so, yes, I, so that's what... Be still and know that I'm God. It's not all that you're making it into be. It's, you know, it's not as bad as you think. And so, um, so in that context, be still and know that I'm God is where I've come from. <laughs>
2: Paula, uh, the, the question that you pointed out already yesterday we had on oh, yes. the program, um, I said that you might want to weigh in on that. What's the best thing that a husband can do for his wife?
3: For me, is be consistent be consistent all right good yeah that's the that's you know that if you change your mind to for instance you have been consistent and so when you said for instance the lord told me we're going to san antonio if you weren't a consistent guy and i could have talked to you out of that then that would have made me nervous that would have just made me nervous um and now that and then once we got here had you changed your mind that would have been worse because we left our families we you know um so consistency in teaching god's word um if you change your mind you know i can go i can go back from the very beginning when you started teaching and it's easy to do now because pretty much everything's recorded and even in my old bibles I have this written in some of my old Bibles that I thought was a fairly new thing for you. Uh, just be with Jesus. No. I have that written in some of my older Bibles. I was going through looking for something, and I came across that, and one of them I was like, what? He's been saying this all along, um, and so consistency, um, that, that that there's not two sets of rules for me. Um, is a good thing because i would sure take advantage of it <laughs> in the flesh um but yeah consistency and you know i don't like silliness i like that i like serious
2: <laughs> you made the right guy for yeah. that
3: <laughs> i like i'm the silly one and you know maybe in a, in a for a girl that might be girl listen to me 65 year old girl okay uh that might be okay uh, but for you the the teacher of God's word, um, there has to be a deeper seriousness about you, and that I greatly appreciate. Yeah.
2: But, but you, you're also referring, I think, to consistency in behavior, consistency oh, for sure. in moods. Uh, you know, it, it, there's no value in in saying to your wife that I love you if um, you're going to fly off the handle and call her bad names Mm -mm. or or do things, so uh, I I didn't think about consistency when I answered the question yesterday. That's why I'm glad you Mm -mm. weighed in.
3: Consistency. You know, in the the study last night, uh, you were talking about um, the different, uh, I guess, definition of love and the agape love of God. Um, it loves the unlovable, it's patient, you know, all those things. And so, and praise the Lord that He, that that's it. But joy, you know, to always have joy, even though things are difficult. Um, Pastor Ron in particular, Pastor Ron, I call you Pastor Ron about 50% of the time, right? Because <laughs> I'm sitting here
2: talking to you about things of the Lord. Yeah, yeah just, just so the audience <laughs> knows, I don't make her call me that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sometimes I say, Pastor Ron, because you're acting like husband Ron in public. So anyway, uh, that you always have joy, even in difficult times, you know, you can get discouraged or you can be a little bit um, sad, broken hearted, mm-hmm. but there's still a joy. And um, being consistent in having that joy is uh, is awesome. Peace. Peace. Um, is going into the trial with Jesus knowing you're going to be okay. In particular, last year when you had your heart surgery, you had a piece going into the operating room, and you said to the doctor, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be praying and talking with Jesus, and you just go ahead and do your business, and I'll be doing mine.
2: <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't believe me. Yeah, that's what they all say, but, but I didn't want to. If, if something horrible had happened, and and I wasn't going to come back to you I wanted to go to Jesus talking to him yeah I mean that just made sense to me yeah
3: Makes sense to me, too. But, you know, I wasn't on the table at the time, so <laughs> for me, I was say knock me all the way out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have a and, and let me ask my, my, the audience here to pray for uh, Robert and Barbara. Robert is going in for yeah. back surgery tomorrow, and it's a, it's a fairly serious surgery, uh, and he's had other back surgeries which didn't turn out so well, he's just tired of the pain. And so uh, they were telling me last night, and I was praying for them before service, and uh, uh, Barbara said, yeah, and keep, pray for me during the day because, it, the, the, you know, the surgery is going to be a long, tedious surgery. And Robert said, not for me.
3: He's going to be all the way out. Huh? Yeah,
2: I'm gonna, it's, it's eight-and-a-half-hour surgery. I'm either going to wake up or I'm going to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, that in that moment of difficulty, uh, he's nearer to you. It, it, I mean, he's not really nearer, but he seems nearer, mm-hmm. um, and those are the times when we can be still. Yeah, and and trust him. And so his I think I that kind of consistency, uh, for for all the teaching that I do about trusting God mm-hmm. and having faith, if I freaked out because I was the one going into surgery, now I didn't like it.
3: Oh yeah, no. So it's not. That's mm-hmm. not
2: my point. Yeah,
3: it's not like bring it on, huh?
2: No, but <laughs> but. If I let something like that crush me, then I'm really disqualified from teaching at all about trusting God. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anything to disqualify me from doing what I was called to do and born to do. So that, that kind of peace is important to demonstrate. And all too often, our children see moms and dads are sort of freaking out when difficult times come when the scary prognosis comes or when a job is lost or uh, other kinds of difficult situations and moms and dads who've been telling their kids to follow Jesus and trust Jesus their whole lives, when they freak out it becomes sort of a mixed message and the enemy's always there to capitalize on that. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, And then you went to kindness, you know, being consistent in kindness, Um, tender, even though you know, we're still all battling our flesh, yes, but... Um, and, and I was telling the the ladies that one of Nancy Jones' teaching really kind of helped with this, where, you know, a lot of us, our first reaction our thought is the flesh. That's okay. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And then the action that you actually take, which should be Christ-like would be tenderness and patience and the kindness and so um my my original thought usually is no or well, you know <laughs> but <laughs> my most of the time my action because I'm aware that the holy spirit lives in me and he's like psst, 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 don't say that don't do that and so then you you do things his way and it really turns out well so the next one was goodness uh, you know being christ like um realizing that there's nothing good in your flesh and for us at our house i can see i have been seeing for a lot of years that you are fighting that fight and um, i really really appreciate it that you know because you're learning more about him and you're with him so much that you are really good with taking every thought captive and i know sometimes when you leave the house um on your walk with Jesus. He's got to remind you that I'm precious. (laughs) Um, Even if I might not have been acting very precious, um, I I see the fight that you're fighting, and I I really do appreciate it.
2: You know, goodness is one of those things that um, we humans, and I said this to the church last night, in spite of what the Bible teaches, we've been taught from the time that we were in school to, to believe that man is basically good at heart. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as good people, um, when in reality the truth is that we're only good when we're with Jesus and the goodness that comes from us is His goodness mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we rebel against that notion because we like to think, no, I, I should be better, I can do better. We can't do better, we shouldn't be better, we won't be better uh, unless we're with Him and when we realize that, um, people say, "Well, that's a blow to my self-esteem." Well, good. Yeah, it should be a blow yeah, to your self-esteem yeah. because when we realize that, that's when we experience victory. Uh, I, I get up. That's why I get up, and every morning, and say, "Jesus, today, of my own free will, I choose to serve you." And I don't have any strength to do so. So mm-hmm. I need you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we need to understand that there's simply nothing good in us or about us apart from Christ. And even as I say that, people get get frustrated and get angry because, no, I, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Well, what you mean when you say that is that, well, I'm better than you or I'm better than some. There are really bad people out there. At least I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. But remember, that's not the standard. Mm-hmm. The standard is Jesus. Yeah. And that's why the rich young ruler walked away sad because he, he, he said, good, te- good teacher. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one good and that's God. And and he rejected what the one he knew was God said to him, and he walked away sad. I think a lot of us are walking away every day sad and, and not demonstrating love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or any of those other attributes. And the reason we're, we're walking away sad is because we're battling this fight, I should be better by now. And the one thing after my 27 years walking with the Lord and, and 23 years as a pastor watching other people. Is that every time I think, or anybody else I know thinks that they should be better by now, they're in for a fall. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I used to think like that, thinking, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I should be better than than this. But uh, over time, you learn, and it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord, <laughs> He came down to save me because I'm still, I'm not, I'm not there. Yeah, you know, Paul, the Bible has
2: no self help programs for our flesh. Mm-hmm. None at
3: all. You just said, uh, deny. Kill
2: it. Yeah, deny. That's, that's last night's study as well. Yeah, kill it. Stab yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And and then walk with Jesus in the power, the resurrection power of God. Yeah. And then what happens is other people will see the good and the God in you. And what happens as a result of that is they are drawn to you, and you find yourself with a position of influence, but it's based on how you respond to things and how you react to things rather than just what you know. And what we know as Christians will not help us in our own strength. (laughs) The only way what we know can help us is if we apply what we know by walking in the Spirit, being with Jesus, Mm -hmm. and and then we don't have to fight the same battles, because those battles have already been won. It's a frustrating thing to know that people are fighting these battles, they're trying to be good, and Jesus is saying, look, I already won that battle for you,
3: Mm -hmm. I already won that battle. We're not overcoming, we're overcomers, is that what you're trying to say? No,
2: we have overcome. Mm In Christ, yeah. The the victory's been won, Uh but, but we're trying to prove that, well, thank you for winning that victory, Jesus, but now I got it. And that's a reason for a lot of our frustration and the reason that we struggle so much. 340 if you have any questions or calls for Paula or for me, we'll take regular questions as well. 340
3: Paula, we got five minutes left in this half hour. Good, because I have three more attributes. Okay, go. <laughs> faithfulness. This is that's another thing, your faithfulness of, of following Jesus no matter what anyone else says or does. Um. Yeah, that's been difficult over the years, and yet um, the faithfulness has been great Um, and to just continue. Like you call yourself a one-string guitar, you just say the same thing like you were saying last night. You said, I kept saying the same thing over and over again. I was like, and so, you know, (laughs) that's what we need. We forget. So, thank you for the faithfulness and then gentleness, the opposite of harsh. You know, you told the guys, you were mainly talking to the men. We
2: don't have to rush, so let's stop. Faithfulness is important. Okay. Um, If we cease doing what Jesus told us to do because other people are trying to influence to, or because our flesh doesn't want to, um, we're the ones who get ripped off. And as you know, Um, over our years here, I've had everybody at times tell me I was crazy. But when you know you've heard from the Lord, you've got to be stubborn. You've got to be faithful. You've got to be that that man or that woman who says, you know what? This is what the Word of God says and I'm going to do it. I don't care if everybody thinks I'm a nut. I don't care if everybody hates me for it. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I choose you. I'm going to be faithful to you because any compromise at all Even a little bit of compromise renders that faithfulness. You said consistency early. We become inconsistent in our walk. We we have the highs and lows that we dread so much. You know, Jesus said to the church at Laodicea, I wish you were hot or or cold. Be one or the other, but but you're neither of those things. So be something. Choose something. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can do that is, is faithfulness. It's not just having faith. We have faith. Faith saved us. But we have to be faithful with the message that we've been given, we have to be faithful. Um, Tomorrow night in Acts chapter 15, we'll be talking about conflict, uh, a a conflict that could have changed the history of the church. Um, uh, And and there was two faithful men who were there to stand against the flow, Paul and Barnabas. Had they not taken that stand, the, the, the religion once for all delivered to the saints would have turned out much differently. And I use the word religion purposely Mm -hmm. because it would have turned into a religion, a list of do's and don'ts. But there was a man who was faithful. And um, we, all of us, we need to be faithful and consistent. Uh, Going back to our homes, if your children see you bailing on on being faithful to what God's called you to do because things are tough, how are they going to be faithful Mm -hmm. when tests come in their lives Mm -hmm. and the tests are going to come? So faithfulness is something we don't want to go over too quickly. Okay. you got another whole half hour. Oh, that's right. (laughs) We're inside two minutes. Go ahead.
3: Okay. And then um, what I say about gentleness, um, the opposite of harsh. Uh, You were like, again, I was saying you are mainly talking to the men last night, but this is not only a man's problem. Watch the volume and anger levels in your home you know that saying if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy you know and the other thing is oh man daddy's coming home yeah you know i hate that i know it, but (laughs) it's it's a true thing um and so we have this ability given to us by the holy spirit it's just a matter of choice in all of these it's a matter of walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh and the Holy Spirit is right there because First Corinthians ten thirteen. All of these, we could be tempted to go the opposite way, but the Holy Spirit is right there. Like I'm saying this morning when I woke up with a little bit of an attitude, it was like, oh, I just had this study last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the other side, we're going to talk about self control.
2: Oh yeah, that's an important one. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. It's toll free 877 kslr You're listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. Paula and I will be back, Lord willing, on the other side of the break. We'll see you in two minutes.
1: the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh
2: welcome back to the second half of the date day edition of the program 340-9585 paula you are going to talk about self-control
3: yeah yeah self-control and sometimes when i'm eating like Chocolate or any kind of dessert. I say I have self-control. I just don't want to use it. (laughs) So that's not being consistent right there, is it? But anyway, yes. uh, Self-control is disciplined, um, a disciplined life. And then you went on to say, discipline to be with the Lord. Take time with family in the Word. Pay attention to your wife. And for, you know, when you say you're going to be somewhere... Be on time, not just work, but if you t- say you're going to be at somebody's house, you're going to help out, Some be on time. Um, control the fits of rage and lustful impulses so that you can be on level ground.
2: <laughs> you know, self-control um, is impossible without personal discipline. I said last night one of the, one of the real... Danger to the flesh is it wants to destroy you. It has my flesh has an insatiable appetite. Um, our flesh wants to eat too much. Our flesh doesn't want to exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, our flesh, um, when we're angry, our flesh delights in lashing out in that anger. It doesn't last long. We always have to repent and say we're sorry. But there's that moment where it feels really good. Boy, I showed him or I showed her. I gave them a piece of my mind. Um, self control is really, really important. When you're out of control, uh, that would that would demonstrate that you're not walking in the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we talk a lot here, uh, Calvary Chapel, about being healthy enough to serve the Lord. You know, if I'm a hundred pounds overweight, I can't talk to anybody about self control. If I'm uh, addicted to cigarettes, I can't talk to somebody about self control. Uh, if I drink too much. Uh, I, I lose any position authority to talk about self-control. But it's, it's not just in those big areas, there's some really subtle ways as well. The subtlety of of getting up with enough time in the morning so you're not rushing out the door. So you've got time, one, to be with Jesus, two, to be with your family uh, if you're married, to, to spend a little bit of time in prayer with your, your, your husband, your wife, or your children. Um, you know, We've got to discipline ourselves to do that. Now we don't do that because, well, it's sort of one of the minor sins, at least that's what we think. And so we justify doing it, well, I was stayed up late last night, well, sometimes we need to have the discipline to go to bed on time, yeah. to make sure we get enough rest. Um, um, if we don't do that, then we're going to compromise in our walk, and as I discussed in the study last night, there's always an enemy who's waiting for the exact moment to pounce. And when you don't exercise self-control, I'm too busy. I got, I got to rush out. I I didn't pray. I didn't get to 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 spend some time in the Word. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on my own. That's when he's going to be there waiting for you, and he's going to try to destroy. Mm
3: -hmm. It's like that that commercial. That guy who was it with uh, what's his? He's in the car and mayhem. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) what the, the devil is mayhem. Yeah, he's just trying to distract you and cause you to crash and burn
2: and we're the ones that give them the opening to do it you know all the time Paula we hear people say boy the devil's really been after me well our job is to close doors mm-hmm. we talked in the message last night and in the week before on Wednesday as well by the way for everybody next Wednesday night's message is one of the best chapters in all of the Bible
3: so, I think what he's trying to say is, you should be here. Second Samuel chapter 9.
2: <laughs> I love, I love, I love that chapter. Not only is it fun to teach, but it's so important for us to to, to learn from mm-hmm. those stories. But back to, um, mm-hmm. I get so excited about Mephibosheth. And
3: <laughs> you and Pastor Ken. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but, but, our job is to post a guard against the enemy. Mm-hmm. Prevention is much better than...
3: Cleaning up a mess. Yeah,
2: you know, trying to figure out what to do in a panic. Yeah, yeah. So um, the way we close the doors for for, for the devil is we, 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 we spend some time with the Lord. We take Him with us when we get in our car. You know, if we're too busy, we're running late all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're not thinking about Jesus. We're not talking to Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can drive to work and talk with Jesus. He's sitting right there in the front seat with you. Yeah. Um, but if we don't exercise self-control, then we limit ourselves to only those moments when we're able to think and make a course correction. But the enemy's going to be there in those moments when we're not. Yeah. So self-control is really, really important. Personally, every single Christian needs to exercise. Self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. Because if we don't, by definition, we're out of control, and that's not of God.
3: Yeah. Uh, You were saying, uh, you know, at the end of that, you were saying so that you can be on level ground. That's consistent ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you guys, we all need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We have this, but to help us to hate our flesh, hate our ways, and, and
2: do what God says. Yeah. You know, Paul, there's not a, a listener in this audience who isn't tired of the highs and lows in the Christian walk. Yeah. And we need to find that level ground mm-hmm. where where people look at you and say, wow, he's consistent or she's consistent. Why they're always trusting God. It doesn't mean we're not afraid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, like, inside we're not grinding. Mm-hmm. It just means that we're going to trust God to walk through it And to the outside observer, it it looks like we've sort of got it all figured out, not in an arrogant way, Mm -hmm. but just there's that peace of God that that he paid so much to provide for us. And self-control is one of those things that will help us accomplish that.
3: I just got a a text and a picture uh, earlier this afternoon from Raina, and please keep praying for Raina. Uh, But she said, I had been praying for her that the Lord would give her the strength for the task, you know, that he had for her. This was yesterday. Had for her. And so today she said, task, taking pills, taking meds. She says, I'm so tired of taking meds. And then she sent me a picture of her today. And that smile is still there, but you can see the tiredness in her her face, of course. Um, But she says, but I'm going to still take them. Because God's not done, <laughs> so that is a consistency yeah. and, a, and, a, and a confidence in the Lord that He's got more for her, and her faithfulness um, is—it's contagious.
2: Yeah. You know, I was uh, when I walked in here today, um, Elijah Perez um, was sitting on the floor. I was walking by, and he jumped up, said. Mm. Hi, Pastor Ron. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hi, Elijah. How are you doing?" He goes, "I'm doing really good today." today. And, and you see, he's 14, mm-hmm. having just lost his baby brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of inspiration that we all need in the worst of times. Reina battling this terrible yeah. disease and 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 Elijah, you know, going through those really, really dark and sad times, mm-hmm. but there is the joy of the Lord that's evident in both of them,
3: yeah I love it, you know you went on to say, and maybe i don't I don't know if you said this, I think you did, but don't just talk a Christian life, walk it, and in the two cases that we just spoke of, they definitely are yeah. yeah.
2: You know, Paula, we had a, and you know who I'm talking about, we had a a young woman come back to the Lord, Mm Sunday, who we've been praying for for a couple of years. Uh, We love her. Uh, I I knew that she belonged to Jesus, but she just made some horrible choices, and for whatever the reason, she was just out there, lost, Mm -hmm. and she's a girl that I pray for daily, and Last Sunday she was just broken, the Lord just brought her right back to that place where His mercy was the only place for her to go, mm-hmm. and and she was crying very loudly. And um, She came back Monday night for the ladies' study, well last night she was here for our Wednesday night study, and uh, she came up to see me and she said, um, Pastor, I'm so glad to be back, but the devil is really, really attacking and so she asks for prayer. But see, that's a young woman who knows what she needs, Mm -hmm. and and that's the kind of peace that Jesus makes available to all of us. Mm -hmm. That's the victory that He's assured. Mm -hmm. Uh, All she has to do is be willing to keep fighting. The devil is always going to be angry when somebody turns away from him and back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. In fact, really, really angry. Really bad. But, but you know yeah, what? We, the devil's a bully. We can whip him. It's, it's Jesus is going to do the fighting for us, and we have to have the peace to understand that.
3: Yeah. You always say, he's your big brother. Yeah. Big brothers pack a punch. Yeah,
2: they protect little brothers and little sisters for yeah, sure.
3: Yeah. Um, and, and going on with last night, said even in that, you know, it's simple when we do things God's way. God always intended things to be simple. And that's what you said. Everybody needs their own relationship with the Lord. And so this young woman now has a relationship with the Lord. She did before, walked away, she's back. And so knowing that prayer is the answer, knowing that being in fellowship, not forsaking the assembling together of the saints, some are in the habit of doing, because when you do that, you're isolating yourself and the devil will just... First, he'll just, like, soothe you. Yeah, isn't this better? You know, the battles aren't so hard. And as soon as you get comfortable in your isolation, he's going to pounce because then it's just you and him. (laughs) And he's got you again. And so that was really, really good. Um, Then you went on talking about the recorder. And this is one of my favorite things to do, you know, um, to just sometimes just start writing down all the things that God has done. Because when you get into a pickle or, you know, a pickle, a, a <laughs> rough situation or you're, you know, you're fighting a little bit of discouragement because maybe things aren't going well. Look back and see how God came through for you before. And he's the same God today that, you know, at just the right time in just the it, like in Psalm 46 says, um, at just the right time. He will come through. Um, and so I, told my, I wrote myself a note, Paula, remember all the good God's done for me. And then I started listing my some of my stuff. I said, Ron, because you were like the biggest miracle <laughs> <laughs> that you got saved, you know. No, it should be me, that I heard the truth and that I heard him say that he loved me, always had and always will. I I need to keep that in mind because when things happen, you know, the enemy wants us to say, well, if God really loved you, he wouldn't allow this to happen. No, you need to shut up, devil, because the Lord says, the Lord told me that he loves me, always has and always will. Not that I'm saying we should talk to the devil. I'm just reminding myself that God loves me. And then he saved you, which was... Just an answer to a long, hard prayer. (laughs) (laughs) And then I get to be a part of Cabaret Chapel San Antonio. I I mean, really, there's so many families in here that are doing these things that we're talking about, so self-disciplined, and they are getting up early, and they are praying with their wives and their children, having family devotions, even before having to go to, getting to come to school. You know, the kids tell me about you know, what they're learning. Um, Then I get to be a part of Calvary Chapel Christian Academy. Not that I'm a teacher here, but I get to, like, coming into the program today, I get so many high fives and hugs, and then I get prayed for before the show starts. I mean, what kind of life is this that I I just don't deserve it? And then last night you were saying, um, and I have nothing to do with Multimedical except that, you know, I'm married to you and I prayed. and. But I'm getting cha-chings in heaven because <laughs> from Multimedical, and somebody got saved again there yesterday. Yeah, then Manor House, I get to go over there every once in a while. I don't really, I'm not really that involved, but um, what a huge, huge blessing. And that's just church and in my home now. But I have Ronnie, our son, our oldest son, and, and Terry, our younger one, and the, uh, this thing, Back in the day, the doctor had said that after I was pregnant with Ronnie that I shouldn't get pregnant again because my insides were too small. But to think of a life without Terry in it, oh, my goodness. The Lord said, I got you, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I just have so much that I have pretty decent health, you know. I'm 65, and I'm I'm okay, you know. So I get to get up every day and still do what I do, you know. That your eyes um see me. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um yeah, that this marriage that we have, the Lord is using it. Um, not just in Universal City but in a lot of places, you know. There's a there's a couple in Australia that every once in a while they'll send, you know, happy anniversary. There's people who send Emails that say happy birthday, happy anniversary, congratulations, Calvary Chapel is so many years old, and it's like, who are these people that <laughs> we're a part of their lives? And so, and and then the young girl that you're talking about, just as an example, again, answering the call, saying okay, God, because He knew before the foundations of the world that we'd be here, that would be so consistent, um, and that we'd be immovable standing firm that God did say, start this church. God yeah. did say, do this school. Um, e- yeah.
2: e- even the fact that we get to be a part of God's will is something to, to, to really focus on. Yeah. You know, um, in, in the ancient world, the recorder um, that, that David appointed at the end of 2 Samuel chapter 8, the recorders were very, very respected, revered men. Uh, they were They had great intellect, but they were the ones who would record um, the, the king's victories, the defeats, he would, he would record the peace treaties, they would record the gifts that had been given as a result of David's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and God makes such a point of that in that chapter, that we need to understand that there, there's got to be some application for us. I, I think of David as an example, uh, a lot of times we have no problem remembering how good God has been to us when things are good, mm-hmm. but it's when we're afraid or when things are bad or we're going through something really, really awful that we we focus so much on that that we, we lose sight of God's goodness. And I think of David facing down Goliath, and at that moment he realized, well, wait a minute, God sent a bear and God sent a lion and I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. And, and even in the moment of crisis, when, when all of the other males in Israel were cowering away in the in the caves, David was standing there and saying, no, I'm ready for this. And think, Paula, one of the things that we have to remember, and we, we do it by recording God's goodness, and, uh, and just so everybody understands, Paula writes things down, and she goes over her notes. I don't. I've got a great memory. I don't have to write things down. I can't see anyway, so <laughs> that's not the point. But... But we need to remember always the goodness of God, and and when we do, we'll come to the same conclusion that whatever I'm going through right now, I'm ready for. God is with me. I'm with Him, mm-hmm. and I'm ready for it. And if we do that, then we don't have any um, um, issue being faithful, uh, even though we're afraid. Yeah,
3: yeah. I remember in a, a really difficult time. <laughs> uh, there was there was. Uh, scripture came, or the song came, he didn't bring us out this far to take us back again. He brought us out to take us into the promised land. And at that time, the promised land was Calvary Chapel Christian Academy. And, uh, yeah, because, you know, there was a little bit of a, a struggle there for a, a minute. uh,
2: For 18 years.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's faithful. He didn't bring us out this far to take us back again. And I just, uh, I'm very grateful.
2: You know, it's a good opportunity to ask people for prayer. You know, we've got, um, uh, I always tell people that when we come back from the Christmas break, the school year goes over in about five minutes. Uh, just a blink and we're done. Well, well, May is the final month of of the school year.
3: Another school year.
2: And we've got a bunch of seniors. We just had one of them come back from a college visit in Kansas, uh, a Christian college, uh, uh, to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, kids, a straight A student or nearly a straight A student, and scores really well on his SATs. And yeah. just the nicest, nicest young man, loves Jesus with all of his heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just went and. Uh, worked out with the team and, and, and for the coaches, yeah. and they can't wait to get him back I there. know
3: it. We, They're we, just bending over backwards trying yeah. to make sure that they get he gets enough scholarship and stuff like that. It's like, oh, man.
2: We, we have another young woman who is uh, going to be going into the Navy um, right after graduation, and I, I just keep thinking... Where where did the time go? These kids have all grown up. So all of this to ask you in the audience, if you don't mind, I would consider it a personal favor. Please keep our seniors in prayer uh, over the next month as we come to the end of the school year. Uh, Paula, one of the most difficult things for us every year is graduation day. When when we hand them their diploma and we know they're going to go out in the world and, yeah. and we just think, oh, they're ready, but yeah. they've got to be diligent. they got to practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, yeah. faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Yeah, they, they've got to, 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 to... Mom and Dad's faith isn't mm-hmm. of any value <laughs> for them anymore. And um, we also need uh, to, to, to remind the parents of those graduating seniors that... Um, because their child is now an adult and going off, uh, they're going to survive that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll do a program on the empty nest.
3: Well, yeah. Right now, some of those parents getting ready to have their kids leave probably don't want to hear that yeah. <laughs> right now. But once they get used to it, the empty nest is pretty all right. The second hardest mm. thing about, you know, coming to graduation is that banquet. When all those kids are so dressed up and grown-up looking, it's like, stop. <laughs> take, take those high heels off. <laughs> you're a little girl. Remember, you're only in the sixth grade, you know, and here they're graduating from high school already. That's difficult. It's like, what happened? I look at the parents and blame them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I was I was fine. Uh, and today, we started thinking about this. Now I'm getting sad. Now you're getting yeah.
3: all sad, huh? Yeah. I know it. Oh, my baby. We've got four minutes, Paula. Okay, just just to kind of wrap up, so you can encourage uh, the men at the end, women too. Princess, princes will succeed their fathers to the throne, but that only works if the father is a good one. David's sons were horrible because David was a horrible father. And I don't want to leave it on a bummer. You'll, you can encourage them to don't be horrible fathers. If your kids see you demonstrate the bad fruit, they will do the same. Parents, be especially mindful. Your kids need to know they're loved and, and you know, to demonstrate godly discipline. When you have to discipline, if you do, it's never an anger. And, we're, and then a reminder that they're not loving their kids if they allow the kids to rule instead of the other way around. And so yeah. encourage encouraging, Pastor Ron.
2: Well, uh, we've got three minutes. You know, uh, we live in a time, Paula, where parents are convinced uh, in this world that we live in that that the only way they can be loving toward their kids is to let their kids do the things that every other kid is doing. Um, um, God disciplines us, it demonstrates that He loves us. Well if He's our model for parenting, mm-hmm. it means we've got to discipline our children. We've got to have standards. Mm-hmm. You know, The kids that uh, are here at Calvary <coughs> Chapel and Calvary Christian Academy, um, they're not missing on anything because their parents don't let them have cell phones or because their parents uh, don't let them do or watch all the things that the other kids in their lives are doing. Uh, they're, they're not missing anything. They're, they're healthy, well-rounded godly kids, and, and, and dads in this case, because David was the, the, the context of the study, but moms too, especially single moms. Um, we, we've got to be men and women who take a stand for right living, right hearts in our own homes, and that's what we need to do, and there's going to be times when you have to discipline your children, but, but never raise your voice to your child. Never discipline them in anger. Never say unkind things to them. Uh, David was a horrible father, and it's going to cost him for the rest of his life. Right now, we're about 15 years into David's uh, reign as king over all of Israel at the end of 2 Samuel chapter 8 going into chapter 9. Um, and, and And right now, everything looks good. But we, we know that David didn't post a guard against his flesh and he's gonna give in to his flesh many times and there's gonna be unbelievably horrible consequences that he's gonna to have to pay because of his lack of consistency and godliness as a dad. And
3: self control.
2: Yeah, and self control. Yeah. So, you know, people say, Well well, God restored David. That's not a, we we Christians can't use that as an excuse. David didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we have the Holy Spirit. So what we've gotta do is understand um, the seriousness of this commitment we have to being parents. Um, I've seen a lot of pastors turn their churches over to their kids as they got old, and their kids weren't ready. Their kids didn't didn't have a godly example, in some case to follow, and they blew it. And one of the things I said last night, we who are pastors were always remembered by the last thing we did, mm-hmm. not all of the other stuff mm-hmm. that we did.
3: Mm-hmm. Not just pastors. I think that goes for everybody. Yeah. yeah.
2: Paula, we've got to 20 seconds.
3: You know, this has been a really nice day. God bless you guys out there. Thanks for listening. We love you.
2: have been listening to The Word to Stand On For Life. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. See you then. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On For Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On For Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com.